Decades ago, at a county crossroads in the American South, in a tiny town barely on the map, the quiet morning is broken by the sound of hundreds of cars in the distance. And then they arrive. A crowd of 10,000 people descend onto the field behind the high school. They've come from all over, braving the sweltering summer heat, and they've come for one purpose, to witness something extraordinary. A bunch of people hollering. I'm Drew Beebe, and this is Great Big Story. Today, we're sharing the incredible true story of the National Hollering Contest. Now, this is not hollering with a G. It's just hollering. And what started out as a quirky little fundraiser blew up into a nationwide phenomenon. With international radio broadcasts and contestants appearing on late-night talk shows, and in the process, it brought together a community and revived a forgotten art. Today's story comes from producer Dave Yim. As you drive into Spivey's Corner, North Carolina, there's a road sign that not only names this tiny town, but also proclaims it the Hollerin' Capital. That's because for nearly 50 years, the National Hollerin' Contest was held right here. The Hollerin' Contest was pretty much what it sounds like. How's everybody out there today? You having a good time? Contestants would take turns going up to a mic in front of thousands of people. And for a few minutes, they would give their best holler. Thank you, God bless you. They were then scored on it, and someone would be crowned the winner. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Robbie Morgan, contestant 716 of the 30th Annual National Hollering Contest. And that's- but before we get to the contest, we need to understand what on earth hollering is. It all started with the original contestants of the first hollering contest, who were basically these old farmers in the community who used to holler all the time. And they told this origin story that went back to the days before electricity. These folks grew up in the early 20th century in Sampson County, which is the county where Spivey's Corner is located, and they were living on these small family farms. And it could be a tough, lonely, and isolating life. It could even be dangerous. So these farmers wanted and needed to connect. That's where Hollerin came in. Hollerin is a controlled sound that farmers used to communicate with one another and express themselves before they had modern conveniences like electricity or telephones or automobiles. This is Tony Peacock. He's lived in Sampson County his entire life. He's a teaching artist, writer, and storyteller. He first competed in the Hollerin contest in 1999, and he's won it six times. Farmers, they knew what worked. So they would just modulate their voice in a way to create an echo that would travel over a long distance. Well, I think it's part of the environment in terms of the landscape. 
sound seems to carry better. This is Sheila Fry. Sheila had a career in public health, but she's also a 10-time champion of the Ladies Hollerin' Contest. And she and Tony actually grew up together in this area. It's flat here, so there was nothing interfering with the sound carrying a long ways. I think the best way to show how these haulers may have worked is to look at a typical day for a farmer. Sometimes farmers in the morning, when they got up and they were feeling good, they would do a good morning holler across the fields to their other neighbors. That they were up and feeling good, ready to start their day. And the closest neighbor would hear, and he would answer that call. The next neighbor would hear. Those echoes would be traveling throughout that neighborhood. And each person's holler was different. Everybody created their own sound, so those hollers were sort of signature many times for the person who did them. Neighbors would know what those hollers were for. And family members would holler to each other, too. For instance, a lady would holler to her husband down in the field to bring him up to the household. He knew how his wife would holler when she needed him. And she would know his hollers, like when he needed something. Oh, that's the, he needs water. That's the sound for water. A good holler could even save your life. You didn't have a phone to dial 911 if there was an emergency. So the distress holler was essential if somebody at your house was sick or injured to let your neighbors know you needed help. But a lot of the time, people would holler because it was fun. You didn't have any form of entertainment. I mean, you didn't have an iPad in your pocket or TVs at home because people didn't have electricity or any kind of radios. So you would just holler a tune for the enjoyment of it and to say, I'm glad I made it through the day. That was the story that these old farmers in Sampson County told about hollering. But there's actually a lot we don't know about it, including how it started. The hollering tradition in Sampson County is something of a mystery in terms of its origins. This is Glenn Hinson. He's an associate professor of folklore and anthropology at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And his focus is on African-American expressive culture. In all likelihood, it came from white farmers and farm workers who overheard the tradition of African-American hollers. The African-American tradition of hollers emerged seamlessly from the traditions of West Africa with the very first enslaved peoples who were called to work in this country. In the areas around Sampson County, there would be Men, for instance, working pine trees to create turpentine and tar and other naval stores, working in relative isolation and filling those forests with their song. 
in a world where that claiming of space was denied historically, the ability to fill that space with artful sound meant that you were affirming your humanity and claiming yourself not just as a worker, but also as an artist. And as an artist whose voice can just echo through the surround. What seems to have happened is that white farmers heard these and then came up with their own versions, which were quite different from the African-American tradition. And we don't really know how many of these farmers were actually hollering in North Carolina. It wasn't a pervasive tradition that everyone grew up knowing and doing. It was rather that there were a few selected individuals who had a kind of outsized influence because in a rural quiet landscape, the holler's gonna sound loud and will be heard, but it seems to have been a quite a limited few. And it became even more limited. After telephones and automobiles came about, there wasn't a practical reason for anybody to holler anymore. So hollering kind of died as a form of communication. By the 1960s, not many people in Sampson County even knew it existed. But that all changed with the contest. We'll have more on the story of the National Hollerin' Contest right after this on Great Big Story. The assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. At this moment, the part of the protest that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that, as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to Great Big Story. I'm Drew Beebe, and producer Dave Yim is telling us about the National Hollerin' Contest in Spivey's Corner, North Carolina. The Hollerin' Contest itself actually grew out of a tragic event. In 1959, a church in the county caught fire. The closest fire station was miles away. So by the time firefighters arrived, it was too late. The church had burned down. It was devastating for the community, so to keep that from ever happening again, they founded a volunteer fire department in Spivey's Corner. But a fire department, even a volunteer one, costs a lot of money to run, so they needed a fundraiser, some event that could bring in a lot of people from out of town. Here's Tony Peacock again. A group of men were talking over coffee one day, and one of them was not from this area, and he had never heard of hollering before. And somebody who was from this area said, well, it used to be a way of life and you heard hollers throughout. And so these guys thought, hey, maybe we could start an event, something that would celebrate this nearly forgotten tradition. And hopefully 
people would come. And so in 1969, the National Hollering Contest was born. And at that time, the little country crossroads of Spivey's Corner, there wasn't much there. In fact, the population was 49 people. So you can imagine the response when it blew up. 5,000 people were estimated to show up at that first contest. What was originally scheduled probably as a little barbecue maybe or cookout was moved to the athletic fields of Midway High School. They got national news and people came from far and wide. The first contest was a huge success and it kept growing year after year. The stage were two flatbed trailers put together with a little bit of Hollywood on it, I guess you would say. That's Robbie Goodman. He's been participating in the contest since the 1970s. There was a, a men's, a ladies, a junior's division. And more people started competing, even those who really had no connection to Holleran's origins. And so the organizers kept doing the contests, and they got bigger and they got wilder. It was bubbling like a big Alka-Seltzer. They added things like square dancing, a Bigfoot contest, a corn shucking bee, a greasy pole climb, something called possum picking, which I'm still not entirely sure what that is. And there's also a whistling and a conch shell blowing contest. The hollering contest put Spivey's Corner on the map. It even got the attention of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. For the last six or seven years, we have had the winners of the Holleran Contest. And people from around the world took notice. Voice of America, Washington, D.C., USA. In the early 70s, the Holleran Contest was broadcast over the Voice of America. That's Sheila Fry again. Letters came into Spivey's Corner about Holleran and how it was similar to what other countries did. So Holleran is not just about Spivey's Corner or southeastern North Carolina. Holleran was used worldwide. Back in Spivey's Corner, the town really embraced Holleran as part of their identity. They even put a sign outside the fire department calling it the Holleran capital of the universe. As years went on, some contestants took Holleran into a different direction. But the contest did inspire a whole new generation of kids to holler. Hi, my name's Robbie Goodman. And one of those kids was Robbie. First time I competed in the hollering contest was in the junior division in 1978. I was 10 years old. And man, it was huge. Folks from all over the country was there. There was upwards of 10,000 people. My holler was a distress holler. It, it sounded like a siren. There was a tingling about that particular sound that got my attention. I started duplicating the sound. I had got so good with it, when the real one would come through, folks didn't pay it no mind. They, they thought it was me. It was a big thing. It was magnetism. It, it kind of drew you. And not only that, it's, it was in your own backyard. I just wanted to 
National Hauling Contest, Spiders Corner, North Carolina, the junior contestants. It was nervous and exciting. The day I went and won, man, I, I, I felt like I was the luckiest man on planet Earth. And I'm proud to be a winner. But after a good long run, the contest started to fade away, mostly for financial reasons. It was hard to get people to come, to get sponsors, and it wasn't making money for the fire department anymore. And so the last contest was held in 2016. But Tony thinks it's still an important part of the history of Sampson County. It was embedded into who farmers were and how they helped each other and came together in times of need. So I think it's important that we appreciate how important those sounds were in bringing people together and connecting them in places that were sometimes very isolated and when life on the farm was very hard sometimes just to get through a work day. And folks like Sheila, Tony, and Robbie love this tradition so much and they've done what they can to make sure it stays alive. Robbie tried to kickstart a new festival in 2017 and Tony incorporates a bit about hollering into his writing workshops at schools. And once, the three of them even made a stop at The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Tony, will hollering become a lost art? As long as we're hollering, we think there's a chance that it might stay alive. But <laughs> well, we're doing our part. We're doing our part. Who knows, maybe there will be a time for a hollering renaissance. I don't know, a time when Americans are working at home, isolated from each other, and they want to reach out to their friends. And maybe that time is now. Like, muddy water is electricity. Hollering is the communication. And we want to preserve that and, and keep it going. To hear and, and listen to those distinct sounds, those lonesome sounds, those happy sounds, we want to keep that tradition alive. The Great Big Story podcast is a production of Great Big Story and CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Evan Chung and Dave Yim. Our executive producers are Sadie Bass and Megan Marcus. Francisco Monroy is our engineer. Raj Makija is our senior production manager. Additional production by Noah Troop, David Toledo, and Joy Jung. Additional audio came from the film Welcome to Spivey's Corner, directed by Keir Klein, courtesy of Folk Streams, and from the album Hollerin' from Rounder Records. Special thanks to Katie Hinman and Ashley Lusk. Courtney Coop is our vice president of digital productions, and Ashley Codiani is our vice president of brand and digital strategy. You can see video of Tony, Sheila, and Robbie Holleran at greatbigstory.com. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to the Great Big Story podcast so you can hear more stories just like this one. I'm Drew Beebe. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening.